1: A deadly Russian airstrike in Ukraine, only 10 miles from Poland at a massive military base. An award-winning journalist documenting Russia's war in Ukraine shot dead by Russian forces. The majority of those polled do not, do not think President Biden has responded forcefully enough to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A double stabbing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The disgruntled suspect on the run. The NYPD's top cop tells 77 WABC's The Cats Roundtable that New York State's controversial bail reform laws need revisions. Here's your top five at five. A deadly Russian airstrike right near the Polish border. It happened early Sunday. At least 35 are dead and 134 are wounded. Russian aircraft fired a total of eight missiles in Hity Yavori International Peacekeeping and Security Center right near the city of Lviv. That's 10 miles from the Polish border. Ukrainian officials are imploring NATO allies to implement a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Lviv Deputy Mayor Andrei Muskalenko told ABC Network News.
2: Putin, so he can use nuclear weapon because if
1: he bombed uh, and killed Russian troops on peaceful cities, children, women,
2: they bombed uh, children hospitals so they can do everything. The whole world right now have to be engaged how to solve this problem.
1: The IPSC is a massive military base that includes a training center for soldiers, mainly for peacekeeping missions that has been supported by the U.S. in the past. Award-winning journalist, U.S. journalist Brent Renaud, has been killed in Ukraine. Police say the 51-year-old video journalist was fatally shot in the neck when Russian troops opened fire on a vehicle right near a bridge in the Ukraine town of Irpin. His friend and colleague, Christoph Putzel, reacted to Renaud's death during an interview on CNN.
3: Longtime best friend, uh, incredible colleague, the best war journalist uh, I I think ever existed. Finding out about his passing, you know, Brent had this ability to go anywhere, get any story.
1: Renaud, a video journalist, worked formally for The New York Times, NBC, and HBO. He was working on a documentary in war-torn Ukraine when he was shot and killed. A majority of those polled here in the U.S. don't think that President Joe Biden has acted forcefully enough against Russia due to its war on Ukraine. Most polled also told the CBS YouGov poll that they support a no-fly zone over the war-torn nation. U.S. Pentagon Press Secretary is John Kirby. On Sunday, he told the ABC Network News that President Biden will not agree to that no-fly zone.
3: President Biden has made it clear that U.S. troops are not going to be fighting in Ukraine. And there's a good reason for that, because the United States getting involved in combat in Ukraine right now or over the skies of Ukraine right now leads to war with Russia. And there's, there's very little that you can see that would make sense for this war to be escalated between
2: two nuclear powers.
1: If Russia attacks another NATO country, 72% favor a U.S. military response, while 27% oppose it, the survey found. Asked about escalating a no-fly zone over Ukraine, 59% say they would support it, 41% oppose. About 52% of the almost 2,100 adults surveyed between March 8th and 11th for the poll said Biden hadn't acted strongly enough against Russia. The NYPD has released video of a deranged man stabbing two employees of Manhattan's Museum of Modern Art on Saturday. Police say the suspect, Gary Cabana, was upset his membership was revoked following two earlier incidents of disorderly conduct in recent days. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is confident the suspect will be caught.
4: The goal is to catch him. We know who he is. And uh, the police department will apprehend him.
1: The two stabbing victims, a 24-year-old woman and a 24-year-old man, were taken to the hospital. They are both expected to be okay. NYPD's top cop NYPD Commissioner Keechant Sewell says changes to bail reform in New York State are needed. The commissioner was a guest on the Cats Roundtable hosted by 77 WABC owner John Casamitidis.
2: We made actually 4,500 gun arrests last year,
1: but over 80 percent of those suspects with open gun cases are still out walking around right now. And only 100 of those cases went to trial or a plea. The court system needs to come back. The commissioner joining there, a chorus of elected officials who have called for more restrictive bail laws. Reforms eliminated cash bail for most misdemeanor and nonviolent felonies. It has resulted, though, in many violent offenders being released right out onto the streets. 77 WABC Time Check 507. Joe Nolan has traffic and transit. Morning, well, Joe.
0: Good morning, Deb. Good morning, everybody. We're starting out actually in pretty good shape. Deacon, northbound, uh, the ramp to the Cross Bronx Expressway. On that ramp structure, there is an accident. They are working on that. We also have a problem with an accident in New Jersey on the westbound side of Route Four, right by Jones Road. A collision with a downed utility pole. Now, other than that, eighty-two, eighty-two, eighty-seven, one-nine, twenty-two, all doing well as you travel around northern New Jersey, and then the same thing on Long Island. Everybody rolling along. On the westbound side of the expressway, also on the northern state, also on the southern state. Now, New Jersey transit train, still limited service only between South Orange and New York Coboken. That's the only way on the and essex line, the only spot that it's running. Gladstone Branch is still suspended. Again, all that damage that took place from that storm last week. So, again, still limited service only between South Orange and New York. Hoboken, the rest of the Morris and Essex is still down. The Gladstone Branch also is still suspended. Rest of New Jersey Transit, Long Island Railroad, Metro North, all good. Subways also overnight seem to be all right. All right, it's out of the street parking rules and regulations again today. are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
1: Next, Joe, in your forecast, this Monday from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, sunshine today are high up to 52 Overnight, cloudy skies, the lows 41, even warmer tomorrow. Listen to this, a high 61 with mostly sunny skies right now. 34 degrees, cloudy skies in Manhattan. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. Ukraine's president warned Saturday of a new stage of terror by Russian forces in Ukraine. Vladimir Zelensky made the comment that it was the kidnapping of a mayor in the southern city of Mariupol and fresh airstrikes on the outskirts of the capital city of Kiev.
2: In
5: Melisopol, the invaders captured mayor of the city, Ivana Fredov a mayor who courageously defends Ukraine and the people of his community. Obviously, this is a sign of weakness of the invaders. They did not find any support in our land, although they counted on it. They have switched to a new stage of terror.
1: Cruise missiles also slammed into an airport south of Kiev, setting fire to an oil terminal and an ammunition depot, authorities said. The stepped-up missile strikes and bombings came as Russia repositioned its ground forces for what was expected to be a new push to encircle the capital of Kiev. Speaking to House Democrats in Philadelphia on Friday, President Joe Biden said he expected the Russian stock market to blow up the second it reopens. That in response to crippling sanctions on Russia due to its invasion of Ukraine. The president also highlighted the revoking of the most favored nation status for Russia, it's being done in coordination with the European Union and group of seven countries.
5: Revoking PNTR for Russia is going to make it harder for Russia to do business with the United States. And doing it in unison with other nations to make up half of the global economy will be another crushing blow to the Russian economy. It's already suffering very badly from our sanctions.
1: Biden said the value of the Russian ruble has fallen so much that it now takes 200 Russian rubles to equal one U.S. dollar. In his remarks, President Biden also defended his position not to open a no-fly zone over Ukrainian airspace, warning that such a move would be World War III. Poland's capital of Warsaw is overwhelmed with Ukrainian refugees. Warsaw's mayor is appealing for international help. We are dealing with the greatest migration crisis in the history of Europe since World War II. Mayor Rafał Sowski spoke exclusively to MSNBC.
4: People from Warsaw, from Warsaw are accepting people uh, to their homes. We are adopting hotels. We are adopting all the facilities of the cities in order to welcome refugees. We are adopting our stadiums and so on and so forth. But it's going to be very difficult to take, you know, uh, double numbers uh, more than that.
1: Warsaw's mayor also said over 320,000 people have traveled through Warsaw since the start of the Ukraine war. Over 230,000 refugees are staying in the city of more than 1.7 million people. The International Organization for Migration said on Friday that Russia's war on Ukraine has forced 2.5 million people to flee. More than half have sought refuge in Poland. Russia's 11th hour demands are threatening to torpedo negotiations aimed at reviving the 2015 Iranian nuclear deal. The demands came just as world powers appeared close to reaching an agreement with Tehran. Negotiations negotiations rather in Vienna actually broke off on Friday. Joseph Westfall is the former U.S. ambassador to Saudi Arabia. He was on CNN. CNBC, and he was asked what the greatest security threat to the Middle Eastern region is.
5: Absolutely. One of, the, one of the most serious is Iran. I think also the fact that Russia is so militarily involved, particularly with Syria, is, poses another big threat to the region and uh, the potential for escalation there.
1: Russia said it wanted written guarantees that new Western sanctions imposed on Moscow over its invasion of Ukraine would not interfere with its trade and military cooperation with Iran. Before Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the subsequent Western reaction, Moscow had played a largely constructive role in the nuclear talks. The government of Saudi Arabia has executed 81 people, including seven Yemenis and a Syrian national. The executions are believed to be the largest mass execution in the kingdom's history. Citing the country's interior ministry, the Wall Street Journal reported Saturday that most of those executed were Saudis. The interior ministry didn't disclose how the men were killed. Executions in the past have involved beheading by sword in the kingdom. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is due to visit Saudi Arabia soon to beg for Saudi oil to replace Russian gas. A former president, Barack Obama, has tested positive for COVID-19. The former president tweeted that he had a scratchy throat for a few days, but that he is feeling fine. Otherwise, Obama tweeted that he and former first lady Michelle are grateful to be vaccinated and boosted against COVID. The former first lady has tested negative for COVID. 77 W ABC time check coming up on 515. And that means it's time for sports with none other than Justin Ellick. And I understand we have some uh, big news regarding Tom Brady this morning. Yes, Justin.
3: we'll get to it eventually there, Deb. I figured I'd save that for last as it is the big news of the weekend. We did have one local game on the ice yesterday and one on the hardwood as the Islanders took down the Anaheim Ducks at home by a score of four to three. Kyle Palmieri netted a pair and rat to the wind as the Isles will now head to Washington for a date with the Capitals tomorrow night. Now to the hardwood where the Knicks and Nets indulged in a cross-borough bout last night at the Barclays Center. Kevin Durant showed out with a season-high 53 points to lead Brooklyn to a 110-107 win. But that was hardly the highlight of the night as a roar arose among the Brooklyn faithful. After star point guard, point guard excuse me, Kyrie Irving made an appearance courtside as a spectator for the game. Irving is still unvaccinated, which prohibits him from playing in New York City. But since there is no longer a vaccine mandate for spectators, There's no rule against Irving exploiting that loophole. He'll return to the court tomorrow night in Orlando when the Nets are set to tip off with the Magic. The Yankees have finally started reinventing their on-field product after the MLB lockout ended last week. A blockbuster deal last night saw the Yanks trade Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Minnesota Twins for Josh Donaldson and shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Chances are this move is just the beginning for the Yankees in this shortened, shortened offseason, as manager Aaron Boone hinted yesterday that he's expecting the front office to make additional moves. Finally, to the huge news that Deb had previously mentioned that came Sunday afternoon via Tom Brady's social media, has the newly retri- retired quarterback quickly undid that decision, announcing his return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for his 23rd NFL season. The 44 year old 44 uh, year old ended ended his retirement after just 40 uh, 40 days, saying him and his teammates have quote unfinished business. This guy just won't go away. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
1: Now, won't he be without his former Patriot teammate Rob Gronkowski? He's going to the Bills, right?
3: Uh, I'm not sure if that is uh, if that's a done deal yet. But uh, if he is going to the Bills, then that would be the end of that marriage. Um, but a lot of people were expecting that that Gronk would follow him back to Tampa. So we'll see what happens in uh, in Buffalo with Gronk.
1: And, Justin, we'll keep you updated. And, all right, let's head over to Joe Nolan with Traffic and Transit.
0: Well, heading on, on to the Deegan Deb, again on the northbound side, the ramp to the Cross Bronx Expressway. There's an accident there, some debris on the roadway as well. So that ramp, you're going to have at least one lane of it shut down. Also, as you start to head inbound, LIE, northern southern states, we're all in pretty good shape. Also, repair work, northbound on the thruway getting off at Hall Place, which is Exit 1 in Yonkers. Now, in New Jersey, westbound Route 4, Jones Road, there's an accident down to Utility Pole, that's still in the process also of being cleared up and out of the way. The rest of New Jersey looks pretty good ra- actually right now, 82, 82 87. Coming inbound, Hudson River crossings only minor delays at this point. You shouldn't have too much of a problem there. Also coming down from Westchester County, except for that problem on the Deegan, everybody else seems to be in pretty good shape. Tappan Bridge moving along very nicely this morning. Just got a good look at one of the cameras on that one. Now, if you're traveling on New Jersey Transit, we still have limited service on the Morriston Essex line between South Orange And New York Hoboken. That's it. That's still the only thing that's running on the Morrison Essex line. The Gladstone branch is still suspended. They are still cross honoring, but still, this is all because of the storm of last week. And alternate side of the street parking rules, once again, today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Thanks, Joe, and your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Sunshine today, our high up to 52. No precipitation inside, cloudy. Overnight, the low's down to 41. Bit warmer tomorrow. The high 61 with mostly sunny skies. Right now, 34 degrees, cloudy skies. Frank Marano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Stocks
6: erased early gains on Friday after President Biden slapped new sanctions on Russia and called for an end to Moscow's special trade status. News that consumer confidence fell further in March added to fears of a serious economic slowdown at the closing bell. The Dow Jones lost 229 points. The S&P 500 fell 55 points. And the Nasdaq dropped 286 points points citing record high prices for gasoline uber is charging customers a new fuel fee to help offset costs for ride, hail, and delivery drivers. The company announced Friday that the temporary surcharge will be either 45 cents or 55 cents for each Uber trip, and either 35 cents or 45 cents for each Uber Eats order, depending on location. It will take effect on Wednesday. Uber says all the money will go directly to drivers. The surcharge will be in effect for at least 60 days. As Russia's war in Ukraine has intensified, U.S. gas prices have reached record levels. The average U.S. gas price rises 22% in two weeks to a record of 443. The average U.S. price of regular-grade gasoline shot up a whopping 79 cents over the past two weeks to that number. And a trial to determine whether the Boy Scouts of America proposed reorganizational plan should be approved is beginning more than two years after it sought bankruptcy protection amidst an onslaught of child sex abuse outlets. The trial starts expected to last several weeks as attorneys and witnesses battle over a host of complex issues. They include insurance rights, liability releases, and the value of some 80,000 child sex abuse claims. The reorganization plan includes contributions from the BSA, its roughly 250 local councils, insurance companies, and others, into a victim's compensation fund of more than two point six billion. In return for the contributions, the parties would be released from any further liability for scouting related abuse claims. This is your business report on WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight.
1: And taking a look at futures this Monday morning, futures in the green. The Dow's up 309 points at 33,122. The S and P five hundred up thirty five. The Nasdaq has climbed seventy five. Gold down sixteen dollars fifty cents an ounce at one thousand nine hundred sixty eight dollars fifty cents. Crude oil at one hundred four dollars ninety three cents a barrel this morning. That is down four dollars and thirty cents.
0: The WABC Early
1: News. Good morning, I am Deborah Valentine with your seventy seven WABC Early News. A police are hunting for a suspected serial shooter who opened fire on two homeless people in Soho on Saturday, leaving one dead. Also, the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. announced Sunday night that they are also looking for this same suspect. Between the two cities, there have been a total of five, five shootings and two homicides, cold-blooded shootings caught on camera. In Soho Saturday about 6 a.m., the shooter killed a homeless man in a sleeping bag as it snowed out right in front of 148 Lafayette Street after kicking him to make sure he was asleep. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams.
4: You see him looking around, making sure no one was around, uh, kicking uh, the homeless person to make sure they were not uh, asleep and uh, just uh, just assassinated them.
1: Before that, police say about 5 a.m., a sleeping 38-year-old man was shot right in front of 54 King Street. Abed heard the gunfire, he told Channel 7 Eyewitness News.
4: There was four pops, space in between two, like pop, pop, space, and then pop, pop.
1: That 38-year-old victim is expected to survive. Outrage after Manhattan judge April Newbauer allowed a career criminal to walk free. The defendant, 54-year-old Eugene Clark, was released without bail Thursday. He is charged with murder and grand larceny for allegedly brutally attacking a man on a New York City street. Prosecutors requested Clark be held. Obviously, Your Honor, it's an A-1 felony, said Assistant DA Jonathan Junig. He told the judge, according to the New York Post, the victim, 67, old Ramon Luna, was left in a coma and died last August, 11 months after being attacked on a New York City street. Clark has two felony convictions, 16 misdemeanor convictions, and eight prior failures to appear in court. The flow of fentanyl into New York City soared to record highs in 2021. Law enforcement seized over 2,400 pounds of the synthetic opioid all across the straight state last year, but of that haul was right here in the Big Apple alone. DEA, New York Division, acting special agent in charge, Tim Foley, says in his 30-year career, he has never seen an illegal drug that was so deadly. He told WPIX Channel 11.
6: We had a recent seizure with one of our enforcement groups where they seized approximately 40 pounds of fentanyl in the Bronx. If you were to take 40 pounds of fentanyl and sell this on the street, it would equal 10 million dosages. Poisonous, possibly illegal dosages that could be delivered to every New York City resident and then some.
1: Overdose deaths in New York City peaked at 596 in the first quarter of 2021. The latest period for which the city has data steadily rising each and every quarter since 2018. More than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses last year. That's a 29% spike in just one year. Momentum is building among lawmakers to tighten up New York's controversial bail laws. It comes after a series of high-profile cases where suspects are released right out onto the streets without bail, only to break the law again. New York State Assemblywoman Inez Dinkins had recently spoken to New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin about the need for bail reform resulting from the Frank Abraqua case. Now, he's that suspect in the Bronx who allegedly smeared feces on a woman. He has 22 prior arrests. In 2018, though, Assemblywoman Dickens spoke in favor of bail
2: reform a year before its actual passage. I stand with my colleague in support of this because discrimination has been used over the years to deny black and brown people the ability to be free until convicted. And that is what our Constitution says, that you are innocent until proven guilty
1: New York's Governor Kathy Hochul said in January that she rejected renewed calls to give judges power to keep dangerous pretrial suspects behind bars, saying she wouldn't cave into pressure. New York City's restaurants remain starved for diners following the end of the vaccine mandate that happened a week ago today. Citywide table reservations were down 53.2 percent on Monday, the first day since August, when they were open to all diners, according to Open Table. Andrew Riggi is the executive director of the New York City Hospitality Alliance. He spoke about COVID-19 mandates hurting the industry back in December on Fox.
3: But particularly in communities where there's a lower vaccination rate, there's more hesitancy or opposition to mandates. Restaurants have lost a lot, a lot of business.
1: New York's not the only place being affected. San Francisco has lost about 57% of its in dining uh, customers and Seattle 254%. Seattle's restaurant vaccine mandate ended March 1, San Francisco is still though enforcing the policy. 77 WABC Time Check 527 Time for Joe Nolan With Traffic and Transit All right, Deb, as you begin to travel on the Deegan
0: northbound Right on the ramp to the Cross Bronx Expressway Over by the George Washington Bridge, an accident Some debris in the roadway as well They're in the process of getting all of that Out of the way, now if you're on the New England Thruway You've got yourself issues as well as you start to travel On the northbound side now at East Tremont Avenue, so this is basically In the Brooklyn Interchange at East Tremont An accident still also in the process of being cleared up and out of the way. A lot of activity along with that one. Now, if you're going to be heading uh, inbound Long Island Expressway, building up now a little bit, 108 Street in through Queens Boulevard. Same thing as it get inbound on the Grand Central, right around 188 and then heading west towards 168 and Kew Gardens moving, you know, very close to the speed limit, but still building up uh, just a little bit. Now, in New Jersey, westbound Route 4 at Jones Road, there is a collision with a downed utility pole. Police are working on that. New Jersey Transit still limited service only between South Orange and New York and Hoboken. The rest of the Morris and Essex not operating again this morning. The Gladstone branch still going to be suspended. They're cross honoring on the Raritan Valley line, also on the Montclair-Booton line. Also cross honoring on those. Mass Transit, other than that, looks to be in pretty good shape this morning, at least so far. And alternate out of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77. W-A-B-C.
1: Thanks, Joe, and your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine. Today's a nice day. No precipitation inside. Our highs up to 52. Cloudy skies overnight. The low dips to 41. Tomorrow, even warmer. The high 61 with mostly sunny skies. And right now in Manhattan, we're holding steady at 34 degrees under cloudy skies. 77 WABC is saddened to announce that Cardinal Timothy Dolan's beloved mother, Shirley Jean Radcliffe Dolan, passed away this weekend at the age of 93. Her memorial mass will be held at St. Patrick's Cathedral on Saturday, March 19th, starting at 10 a.m. We at 77 WABC send Cardinal Dolan and his family our sincerest prayers and condolences. 77 WABC Time Check, 529. We'll be back with more news. Don't go away. Right after this.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Welcome or welcome back to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know.
2: It's the
5: top five at 530.
1: A deadly Russian airstrike in Ukraine, only 10 miles from Poland at a massive military base. An award-winning journalist documenting Russia's war in Ukraine shot dead by Russian forces. The majority of those polled do not think President Biden has responded forcefully enough to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A double stabbing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The disgruntled suspect on the run. The NYPD's top cop tells 77 WABC's The Cats Roundtable that New York State's controversial bail reform laws need revisions. Here's your top five at 5.30. A deadly Russian airstrike uh, right near the Polish border. At least 35 people are reported dead. And 134 are reported wounded. Russian aircraft fired a total of eight missiles that hit the Yavrov International Peacekeeping and Security Center. Right near the city of Lviv, this is just 10 miles from the Polish border, happened about 6 a.m. on Sunday. Ukrainian officials are imploring NATO allies to implement a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Lviv Deputy Mayor Andriy Muskalenko told ABC Network News. Putin, so he can use nuclear weapon, because if he bombed uh, and killed Russian troops on peaceful cities, children, women, they
2: bombed uh, children hospitals, so they can do everything. The whole world right now have to be engaged how to solve this problem.
1: The IPSC is a massive military base that includes a training center for soldiers, mainly for peacekeeping missions that has been supported by the United States in the past. Award-winning U.S. journalist Brent Renaud has been killed in Ukraine. Police say the 51-year-old video journalist was fatally shot in the neck when Russian troops opened fire on a car near a bridge in the Ukraine town of Irpin. His friend and colleague, Christoph Putzel, reacted to Renaud's death during an interview on CNN.
3: Longtime best friend, uh, incredible colleague, the best war journalist uh, I've, I think ever existed, finding out about his passing. You know, Brent had this ability to go anywhere, get any story.
1: Renaud, a video journalist, worked formally for The New York Times, NBC and HBO. He was working on a documentary in war-torn Ukraine when he was killed. A majority of those polled in the United States don't think President Joe Biden has acted forcefully enough against Russia due to its war on Ukraine. Most polled also told the CBS YouGov poll that they support a no-fly zone over the war-torn nation. U.S. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby Sunday told ABC Network News that President Biden will not agree to a no-fly zone.
3: President Biden has made it clear that U.S. troops are not going to be fighting in Ukraine. And there's a good reason for that, because the United States getting involved in combat in Ukraine right now or over the skies of Ukraine right now leads to war with Russia. And there's there's very little that you can see that would make sense for this war to be escalated between
2: two nuclear powers.
1: If Russia attacks another NATO country, 72 percent of Americans polled favor a U.S. military response. Well, 27 percent oppose it. Asked about establishing a no-fly zone over Ukraine, 59 percent polled said they would support it, 41 percent oppose it. About 52 percent of the about uh, 2,100 adults surveyed between March 8th and 11th for the poll said Biden hadn't acted strongly enough against Russia. The NYPD has released video of a deranged man stabbing two employees of Manhattan's Museum of Modern Art on Saturday. Police say the suspect, Gary Cabana, was upset that his membership was revoked following two earlier incidents of disorderly conduct in recent days. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams is confident the suspect will be caught.
4: The goal is to catch him. We know who he is and uh, the police department will apprehend him.
1: The two stabbing victims, a 24-year-old woman and a 24-year-old man, were taken to a hospital. They are both expected to be okay. A New York State's bail reform law, which has allowed dangerous criminals right back out onto the streets, absolutely needs to change. That is straight from NYPD's top cop, NYPD Commissioner Keechant Sewell. The commissioner was a guest on the Cats Roundtable, hosted by 77WABC owner John Casimatidis. We made actually 4,500 gun arrests last year. But over 80% of those suspects with open gun cases are still out walking around right now. And only 100 of those cases went to trial or a plea. The court system needs to come back. So will also decry the decriminalization of quality-of-life crimes such as turnstile jumping, marijuana usage, and boozing in public. 77 WABC Time Check, 537. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Joe Nolan.
0: Well, again, Deb, on the Deegan northbound, right out the Cross Bronx Expressway, there was an earlier accident on that ramp structure. That now is out of the way. They got the debris cleared as well. So if you're traveling northbound getting onto the Cross Bronx, you shouldn't have any problem there on the Major Deegan Expressway. Now, northbound on the New England Thruway just off of the cross Bronx at East Tremont Avenue, that accident continues. They're still in the process of clearing that out of the way. And then further on up, that ongoing uh, problem at Hall Place with the water main break, that's been for a few days now. Again, as you head north, you continue to have those issues. Now, in New Jersey, westbound on Route 4, Jones Road. There is an accident with a down-to-utility pole. If you're heading inbound, Lincoln, Holland, George, all three of those. Only minor delays at this point. Now, again, New Jersey Transit trains. It's a broken record. Still limited service only between South Orange and New York and Hoboken. That because of the earlier storm damage. Earlier was last week. It was Monday of last week. The Morrison-Essex line still not operating except between South Orange and New York and Hoboken. Gladstone is still down. They are cross-honoring an alternate side. Again, today is
1: in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe, and your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Well, no precipitation in sight today. Sunshine, the high 52 light winds. Overnight, it clouds up cloudy skies, the low 41, and a mostly sunny day tomorrow, even warmer the high 61 right now holding steady. Oh, actually, we've lost one degree down to 33. Cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Oh, police are telling Americans to buy locking gas caps to protect the. They're actually calling it liquid gold in their gas tanks as the national average of gas climbs for a 12th consecutive day to a national average of $4.33 a gallon. The average price of a gallon of gas in America rose to four dollars thirty-three cents on Friday. Now that's the record; it's a record high in U.S. history. Now prices remain highest out in California, actually, where the average cost is five dollars seventy-two cents a gallon, with at least one county rising over six bucks. I used
5: to put thirty-eight dollars to fill my tank up. Now it's about it's what you saw, between seventy and ninety dollars. I think that's crazy. I think it's disgusting what's going on,
4: but I don't see why gas prices should go up because of our involvement in the Ukraine. They want to support them fine, but why do we have to have higher gas prices if that's the case?
1: There were even reports Wednesday of gas prices nudging $8 a gallon in Los Angeles. With gas prices increasing due to the U.S. ban on oil from Russia and sanctions on Moscow due to the war on Ukraine. I spoke with oil industry analyst Patrick DeHaan of GasBuddy.com for the 77 WABC Early News. I'm talking with Patrick DeHaan. He's an oil industry analyst for GasBuddy.com. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, you're welcome, Patrick. And uh, the U.S. imports most of its oil, as I know, from Canada, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia. How much of a dent does President Biden's ban on Russian oil have on U.S. imports?
5: Well, we import about 700,000 barrels a day of oil and oil products. It's more heavier oils, and it's going to make an impact to some of those heavier, refined products like diesel and heating oil. But this move is largely symbolic after U.S. companies had already essentially left Russia and cut oil shipments from Russia prior to the announcement, Having said that, there's still some optical impact here that will send gas prices up a little bit. But on the whole, gas prices have risen far more simply because the Russia sanctions that previously were announced than the official sanctions on Russia's energy.
1: What effect is this ban on Russian oil having on U.S. inventories here at home and production?
5: We are at 11.6 million barrels a day of U.S. oil production we have struggled to see that go up as supply chains have held back additional oil supplies there are myriad challenges when it comes to drilling right now manpower challenges a shortage of steel many different things that go into drilling that are simply unavailable uh, and that has held back us oil supply having said that uh, it is likely that in the weeks and months ahead that should that should improve But uh, nonetheless, it it is not enough to offset the massive uh, amount of oil produced by Russia. Uh, They turn out uh, about 10 percent of global supply. And that's why oil prices have been soaring in recent weeks, driving gas prices up.
1: How high do you foresee prices going?
5: That number could go to 450 a gallon. It could go even higher, depending on how the situation unfolds. Obviously, a lot of uncertainty. uh, But uh, for now... Motorists are going to have to dig deeper. Americans shelling out $1.6 billion every day on gasoline.
1: Do you think President Biden will order the restart of the Keystone XL pipeline project?
5: I don't think he will, even if he did. And even if the pipeline was finished tomorrow, there would be essentially no oil that Canada could put in the pipeline to ship down to the Gulf Coast. So at this point, given the supply challenges, The Keystone Pipeline is essentially irrelevant.
1: We are talking with Patrick DeHaan of GasBuddy.com. Mr. DeHaan, are the sales of electric and hybrid vehicles increasing due to the high price of gasoline?
5: Uh, I'm sure the longer prices remain high, the more interest there will be, the more conversions, trade-ins of less fuel-efficient vehicles. But for now, that remains to be seen how Americans will react typically. Gas prices have to remain at elevated levels for a period of time, likely over six to eight months before fuel efficiency and type of vehicle really rises in importance in the minds of motorists.
1: In conclusion, Mr. DeHaan, is there anything you'd like to add to our conversation?
5: Well, the president has been talking with Venezuela, pretty shocking, and Iran on adding oil to the global market. But for now, Americans are going to have to dig deeper for what appears to be at least weeks and could be months.
1: Thank you for being with the 77 WABC Early News. And 77 WABC Time Check 544. And talking about increasing prices, U.N. also warning that record food prices could leave 22% more due to the war on Ukraine. 22% record high global food costs could surge another 22% as Russia's assault on Ukraine stifles trade and slashes future harvests. Ukraine and Russia together account for more than a tenth of all food food traded globally. 77 WABC time check coming up on five Our own Justin Ellick is uh, in his uh, sports uh, desk and seat a bit early. And so...
3: Here he is. Very, uh, you know, I'm a very timely person, Deb. so um, when I have a job to do, I get in you here and do I do it. it you I've know. noticed over the past <laughs> few years. <laughs>
1: Thank
3: you very much. I am Justin Ellicott here with the Early News Sports Update. One local game on the ice yesterday and one on the hardwood as the Islanders took down the Anaheim Ducks at home by a score of 4-3. to three. Kyle Palmieri netted a pair and wrapped to the win as the Isles will now head to Washington for a date with the Capitals tomorrow night. Now to the Hardwood where the Knicks and Nets indulged in a cross borough battle, uh, borough bout, excuse me, last night at the Barclays Center. Kevin Durant showed out with a season high 53 points to lead Brooklyn to a 110-107 win over the Knickerbockers. But that was hardly the highlight of the night as a roar arose among the Brooklyn faithful after star point guard Kyrie Irving made an appearance courtside as a spectator for the game. Irving is still unvaccinated, which prohibits him from playing in New York City. But since there is no longer a vaccine mandate for spectators, there is no rule against Irving exploiting that loophole. He'll return to the court tomorrow night in Orlando when the Nets are set to tip off with the Magic. The Yankees have finally started reinventing their on-field product after the MLB lockout ended last week. A blockbuster deal last night saw the Yanks trade Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Minnesota Twins for Josh Downson and shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Chances are this move is just the beginning for the Yankees in this shortened offseason as manager Aaron Boone hinted yesterday that he's expecting the front office to make additional moves. Finally, to the huge news that came Sunday afternoon via Tom Brady's social media as a newly retired quarterback quickly undid that decision, announcing his return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for his 23rd NFL season. The, uh, the 44-year-old ended his retirement after just 40 days, saying him and his teammates have, quote, unfinished business. This guy apparently just uh, won't go away. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
1: Okay, thanks. So, you know, I thought he wasn't serious about retiring. You know, I know he had that year left on his contract, yeah. but he said previously he'd played at least 50. And he had a great season.
3: You know, he was in the MVP discussion, and he didn't really fall off at all. And to be honest with you, I, I would think he's got at least two or three good years left in him. So i
1: will see what happens. Uh-huh. All right. And Justin, will keep you updated on that. And your forecast from... The Ramsey Mazda Weather Center coming up right after we head over to Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit. Good
0: morning, Deb. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, everybody. And we're starting out with a pretty good ride out there. Really nothing overly terrible, at least not yet. Inbound Lincoln, Holland, George, all three. Only minor delays. New England Thruway northbound at East Tremont Avenue. There is a crash there. They're working on that. So, again, that would be actually in the Bruckner Interchange. That will continue. Deegan northbound ramp to the cross Bronx Again, an earlier accident with debris on that ramp structure has been cleared. Now, if you're on the westbound side of Route 4 over in New Jersey at Jones Road, there's an accident with a downed utility pole. And again, that will continue for a little while longer. We also are going to be looking at a little bit of slow traffic now, building up westbound on the Long Island Expressway as you start to come through the area of 108... and then also a little further west in through Queens Boulevard. Again, not that jammed in stuff yet, uh, but certainly building up a little bit as you come out of Nassau County and into the city. Grand Central, though, looks like to be a little bit better. Throgs Neck, Whitestone Bridges, good both directions. Really no big deal at the Hudson River crossings, as we said. And still limited service. Jersey Transit, South Orange to uh, Hoboken, New York. And again, that because of the ongoing issues with that storm from last week. Gladstone Branch is still suspended. And alternate side once again today is going going to be in effect i'm joe nolan with traffic on talk radio 77 wabc
1: and as promised your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center nice day sunshine are high up to 52 clouds rolling overnight the low 41 mostly sunny tomorrow the high even warmer 61 degrees right now 33 degrees cloudy skies Frank morano has your business report I'm Frank Morano
6: with your business report. Stocks erased early gains on Friday after President Biden slapped new sanctions on Russia and called for an end to Moscow's special trade status. News that consumer confidence fell further in March added to fears of a serious economic slowdown at the closing bell. The Dow Jones lost 229 points. The S&P 500 fell 55 points. And the Nasdaq dropped 286 points points citing record high prices for gasoline uber is charging customers a new fuel fee to help offset costs for ride hail and delivery drivers the company announced friday that the temporary surcharge will be either 45 cents or 55 cents for each uber trip and either 35 cents or 45 cents for each uber eats order depending on location it will take effect on wednesday uber says all the money will go directly to drivers the surcharge will be in effect For at least 60 days. As Russia's war in Ukraine has intensified, U.S. gas prices have reached record levels the average u.s. gas price rises 22 percent in two weeks to a record of 443 the average u.s. price of regular grade gasoline shot up a whopping 79 cents over the past two weeks to that number and a trial to determine whether the boy scouts of america proposed reorganizational plan should be approved is beginning more than two years after it sought bankruptcy protection amidst an onslaught of child sex abuse allegations The trial starts today and is expected to last several weeks as attorneys and witnesses battle over a host of complex issues. They include insurance rights, liability releases, and the value of some 80,000 child sex abuse claims. The reorganization plan includes contributions from the BSA, its roughly 250 local councils, insurance companies, and others into a victim's compensation fund of more than 2.6 billion in return for the contributions the parties would be released from any further liability for scouting related abuse claims this is your business report on wabc i'm frank morano i'll be back at 1 a.m on the other side of midnight
1: and thanks, Frank. And looking at futures, the Dow Jones up 308 points at 33,121. SP and p 500 has climbed 33. The Nasdaq's up 72. Gold down $18.30 at $1,966.70. Crude oil $104.79 a barrel right now. That is down $4.54.
5: It's the WABC
1: Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. The NYPD is hunting for a suspected serial shooter who opened fire on two homeless people. This happened down in Soho on Saturday. One victim was left dead. The Metropolitan Police Department down in Washington, D.C., has also announced Sunday night that they are looking for the same suspect. Between the two cities, there have been a total of five shootings and two homicides, cold-blooded shootings caught on camera. Around 6 a.m. Saturday down in Soho, the shooter killed a homeless man in a sleeping bag right in front of 148 Lafayette Street after kicking him to make sure he was still asleep. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams. You see
4: him looking around, making sure no one was around, uh, kicking uh, the homeless person to make sure they were not uh, asleep and uh, just uh, just assassinated them.
1: Police say about 5 a.m., a sleeping 38-year-old man was shot in front of 54 King Street in Soho. A Abed heard the gunfire, and he told Channel 7 Eyewitness News.
0: There was
4: four pops, space in between two, like pop, pop, space, and then
5: pop,
1: pop. The 38-year-old victim there is expected to survive. Well, outrage after Manhattan judge April Neubauer allowed a career criminal... To walk free. The defendant, 54 year old Eugene Clark, was released without bail Thursday. He's charged with murder and grand larceny for brutally attacking a man on a New York City street. Prosecutors requested Clark be held. Obviously, Your Honor, it's an A1 felony, said Assistant District Attorney Jonathan Junig. He told the judge, according to the New York Post. Now, the victim, 67 year old Ramon Luna, was left in a coma and died last August. 11 months after being attacked on a New York City street. Clark, meanwhile, has two felony convictions, 16 misdemeanor convictions, and eight prior failures to appear in court. The flow of fentanyl into New York City has soared to record highs in 2021. Law enforcement seized 2,420 pounds of the synthetic opioid across the state last year. 95% of that haul right here in the Big Apple alone. The D.A. in charge of the New York Division acting special agent in charge is Tim Foley. He says in his 30-year career he has never seen an illegal drug that was so deadly. He told PIX11.
2: We had a
6: recent seizure with one of our enforcement groups where they seized approximately 40 pounds of fentanyl in the Bronx. If you were to take 40 pounds of fentanyl and sell this on the street, it would equal 10 million dosages. Poisonous, possibly illegal dosages that could be delivered to every New York City resident and then some.
1: Overdose deaths in New York City peaked at 596 in the first quarter of last year. The latest period for which the city has data steadily rising each quarter since 2018. More than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses last year. That's a 29 percent spike in just one year. Momentum is building among lawmakers to tighten up New York's controversial bail laws after a series of high-profile cases where people are simply released onto the streets without bail, only to break the law again. New York State Assemblywoman Inez Dickens said she has spoken recently to New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin about the need for bail reform resulting from the Frank Abraqua case. He's that uh, Bronx poop attacker with a lengthy rap sheet. That included 22 prior arrests and dozens of other sealed arrests since 1999. Abraqua was freed without bail after allegedly smearing his own feces in the face of a woman at a Bronx subway station back on February 21st after she rebuffed him. In 2018, the Assemblywoman, Assemblywoman Dickens, spoke, though, in favor of bail
2: reform. I stand with my colleague in support of this because discrimination has been used over the years to deny black and brown people the ability to be free until convicted. And that is what our Constitution says, that you are innocent until proven guilty
1: And Governor Hochul of New York said back in January that she is rejecting renewed calls to give judges powers to keep dangerous pretrial suspects behind bars, saying she wouldn't cave into pressure. New York City restaurants remain star for diners following the end of the vaccine mandate that happened a week ago today. Citywide table reservations down 53.2 percent as of last Monday, the first day since August last year when they were open to all diners compared with the same date in 2020, according to Open Table. Andrew Riggi is executive director of the New York City Hospitality Alliance, and he says there is still a very low, long road to recovery. He spoke about those mandates hurting the industry back in December, he told Fox.
3: But particularly in communities where there's a lower vaccination rate, there's more hesitancy or opposition to mandates. Restaurants have lost a lot, a lot of business.
1: And uh, New York City, not the only city hurting because of the COVID-19 mandates. In Seattle, Washington, their uh, dining customers are down 54 percent in San Francisco. They report that they are down almost 57 percent. 77 WABC time check, 557. Joe Nolan, the best in the business, has traffic and transit northbound.
0: Again, that ramp to the cross bunks That has been cleared earlier. Accident with debris. It's all out of the way. New England Thruway though. We still have that delay right in the middle of the uh, interchange there, the Bruckner Interchange. Right around East Tremont Avenue, Throgs Neck Expressway. An accident again. The right lane going to be out. So as you come on into that, you want to get on over to the left if you can. We're also looking at delays as you begin to travel on the Long Island Expressway. Now the usual stuff around Queens Boulevard. No real major difficulties coming up through lower Brooklyn on the Gowanus BQE. Just the usual traffic. Same thing as you travel in most of New Jersey, 82, 82, 280, 87, 19, all that seem to be in pretty good shape. Westbound Route 4, though, at Jones Road, and Axon with a down utility pole. They are still working on that one. Jersey Transit still limited service between South Orange and New York Hoboken. That again, because of the earlier problems on the uh, with the down trees across the tracks, on the Morrison and Essex, and alternate side again today is in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Thanks, Joe. Your forecasts from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today our high 52. Overnight, the lows 41 cloudy skies clearing by early tomorrow, turning mostly sunny, warmer with a high of 61. Right now, we have 33 degrees, cloudy skies here in Manhattan as we work our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program right here on 77 WABC. And here's the lineup. Sid's in the house. with Bernie and Sid, Rich Lowry. He is the editor-in-chief of the National Review. And also with Bernie and Sid this morning coming up at 8.40. Former New York Governor David Patterson with Bernie and Sid, of course, the 55th Governor of New York. And also you can take part in the Peerless Spoilers Beat Bernie contest coming up at 9.25 Monday through Friday, 32 past each hour. Sid Sports sponsored by Peerless Spoilers. 825, you don't want to miss Lydia Reports, always very informative. 30 past each hour, the 77 WABC clip of the day. And today, John Katz talks bail reform with NYPD Commissioner Keechan Sewell. All right, coming up to 6 o'clock, Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. Be back with us bright and early tomorrow morning at 5. Bernie and Sid coming up. Stay with us.